Let us pray. Gracious loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that we can once again gather in your name. We give you thanks for the gift of your word. We give you thanks that your word is good news. God, may we be faithful proclaimers of your good news. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Good evening, friends. Um, and welcome to a much more uh, Kermit-filled episode of a Scripture Talk. If you're not watching the video version, you really are missing something truly amazing over uh, my uh, my left, your right shoulder. Um, it is uh, this is scripture talk the show where we do talk about scripture and this week we've got one of my favorites and what i think should be one of everyone's favorites um it is the descent of the new jerusalem um in revelations the end of revelations but i am pastor trey comstock with me as ever is sister brandy dudley pastor scott ketchot Mr. Stumpholopagus. Uh-huh. Brothers and <laughs> Stacy on the ones and twos. Um, we should have said our, our other names. I'm Beaker. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. okay. So, for those of y'all who were not in the pre-show and uh, edited in, uh, why I have Kermit the Frog fan art um, is because I have often said that it. what I think about myself, when I think about myself in my head and what my job is, I think of myself as Kermit the Frog running the Muppet Show. But this isn't just like I kind of feel like a put-upon director who is trying to hold together like a wonderful group of Muppets, I have then gone through and in my head assigned everyone a Muppet. Uh, every, most people I interact with the church on a regular basis has been assigned a Muppet in my mind. And so some of them are obvious, right? My, my, my number two, you know, Emily, my associate pastor, she's Scooter because that is the person who works closest with Kermit. And so that makes sense. I am Kermit. Emily is Scooter. Uh, 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 Brandy um, and Scott are uh, Dr. Uh, Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker, uh, respectively. Um, I am Ralph. Uh, uh, Stacy, as he knows. Uh, no, Foz. You are Fozzie. Oh, uh, Stacy is Fozzie. Um, uh, you know, uh, who else? Uh, waka, anyways. Waka, waka. Oh, Joe is gone. Joe knows this. This, yeah. this is not secret information. Joe is gonzo. Um, <laughs> if, any, if, if anyone of our church was going to put herself in a cannon and shoot herself over the moon, um, it would be Joe. Um, and so Joe is gone because Joe will take on yeah. an, a, a truly enormous task. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, everyone. So, so in the, uh, in the uh, vein of. Uh, um, there, um, I got a joke for y'all. Uh huh. Great. Am I gonna have to end this show? Prematurely? <laughs> do I need to bring up my ability to why control you, the show? Why do you keep rubber bands around bananas? I, I don't know why. So they don't split. Oh, oh. okay. Waka waka. I mean, as it goes, from the things you have said at random on this show, your beaker has gotten really. The only thing I'm good at saying is Kermit is sheesh. But that is like, you know, I often catch myself in my office just sitting going, sheesh. Anyways, that is why I have Kermit the Frog fan art, is because I think of myself as Kermit, and I think of the church as the Muppet, in the most loving way possible, as the Muppet Show. Okay, so our scripture is as advertised. It is slightly complicated to read off, because you just want to, like, the highlight bits, but not read two full chapters. So it is Revelation, chapter 21, verse 10, and then verse 22, through chapter 22, Verse five. Um, this will all hold together as we read it, but it is uh, verse five, verse ten on kind of on its own, and then verse twenty-two of chapter twenty-one through verse five of chapter twenty-two. Everyone clear? Unplugged. Fan- uh, fantastic. <laughs> um, here we go. And in the spirit, he carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. 
I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into it the glory and honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who has who anyone who practices abominations or falsehood, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bringing as bringing as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb through the middle of the street, street of the city. And on either side of the river is the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing fruit each month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. No, there mean no more night. They need no light or lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Amen. I mean, then, 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 you know, and then you know, the description keeps going, but that is... Um, that's the conclude. You want to know where the Bible ends? This is the flip to the end of the book. Uh-huh. This yeah. is the end of the book, and the end of the book is not a, a, a pl- is not a place of violence. It is not a place of. It is a place of triumph, but it is a triumph of peace. It is a triumph where everyone has what they need, um, where the things that are actually broken in this world are fixed. And this is not just about some heavenly home, but this is what this is what Earth becomes. Um, this is not just a, this is this is one of those like if you think this is some glad morning, um, but this isn't flying away. This is that all reality becomes like heaven. The pitch isn't just we go to heaven and everyone else fries. Um, the pitch is as many of us as possible get to live in heaven, and then all there is in heaven, and there is no more distinction between heaven and earth, because it is just everyone basks in the presence of God, has what they need, has what they need, and live in peace and light. You know, uh, one of the things I love about how all of this takes place, and, and, and it hits some verses we didn't hit, but this Often when we think of Armageddon, the end of the world, this big fight and all that, that heads into that, we, you know, in our minds, we think of this huge battle and all of that. But when you look at what Scripture says, it's just done. Yeah, right. By, it's just done. Yeah, it's all the like, le- it's all no, the lead up. It's it's no, it's done. We're yeah. done. And because we have this incorrect, so that we like to balance things out a lot, and we like to think the balance, balance of good and evil, of good and evil, and that's an in Eastern and other ideas, it is not a scriptural I, yeah, idea. It's certainly not biblical. Because, uh, God is not the opposite of Satan. Satan is not the equal on the other side of, of Jesus. Uh, best comparison would be one of the other angels in right. Satan. Maybe Michael and Satan or something. But but so what that means is as often as we think of this big battle between God's already done it. Right. It's over. There is no... That's you know, like, that's, like in books, that's the Christ this, story, yeah. right? The, the, like this is one of those things we we think, you know, we think about the end times. We think that's when we're finally going to beat the devil. N- no, well, it's done. That happened it's with gross. Christ. That's the point, right? So, that God does the thing that like 
that God didn't have to do that it, it yeah. to show there is not some balance between good and evil. We can choose. We still have the option to choose to do yeah. evil. But the truth is, is that good is more powerful, is far more powerful than evil. Mm-hmm. And so there's no suspense about it. You know, in, in books we read and we don't know, is there going to be a happy ending? Yes. Yes. There is. There is a happy ending. And it's going to be glorious. And it's going to be this blending of things that we have been unseen for our entire lives in the spirit realms with what we're used to. And I, I don't, I can't even begin. I think that one song I can only imagine. Yeah, really sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all we can do is we can only imagine we have these descriptions of what it's like. And yet that's going to be so much more mind blowing. And this is what we're all heading toward that are in Christ. And it's not like Revelation is originally written in a context, right? It's in a context where the people of God are suffering greatly um, at the hands of the Roman Empire. And so it is, um, you know, we don't know exactly how Revelation, like, we don't exactly know the relationship between (laughs) the images projected in Revelation and things that happen in history. It is clear, at least to me, that as John is writing down the recollection of what he saw, he is thinking about the Emperor Nero. Uh, Does this yeah. mean it was the Emperor Nero? Well, historically, that not necessarily how it played out. But he, when he sees whatever he sees, what in his mind, it's like, oh, that's like the Roman Empire. And sure, the Roman Empire is a beast. Is it the capital T, capital B, the beast? Who can say, right? We don't know. Um, but e- either way, he is right. He gets these visions and puts them to paper at a time when God's people really need to hear that they're going to win. Yeah. That there is, and that that victory is worth having. One of the reasons this scripture ends up in this series is if you're going to believe in something, it's important to know its end goal, right? Yeah. It's where a lot of cults kind of lose out, right? Yes, we're going to put on the sneakers and we're going to send God's chimney, right? Like, no, uh, 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 like just there's no. a comet that's gonna come. There's by. a comet that's gonna come. Whatever, right? Like, but it, it but a lot of those things are um, uh, only you know it is a very exclusive. This small group of people are gonna get a good thing. Um, or there's or you know, I, okay. So, so let me talk. Yeah, right. We don't know who those are. Well, there are, I mean, there are 15 on. million United Methodists at the moment, and so if there are only 144,000 of us are making it. We're in trouble. Well, I'm not going to. I'm out. (laughs) I know. I can name 140. (laughs) There are probably 144 United Methodists who are far better Christians than I am. (laughs) Uh, And so I'm out, right? Like, we're all. uh, We're we're all right behind you, Dan. That's Uh, what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> and, hell, and hell for me. I, I'm gonna. Next to I, 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 I've got to remember who said this quote. Um, but I would never join a club who would have me as his member. <laughs> I think about the kingdom of God that way sometimes. The, the joy of God's grace. It was finally a club that even would have me as a member, and I'm okay with it. Um, I can almost see that being a George Burns. I, 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 so it is some old right. comedian, and I am just blanking on who. But I would never join a club. But like it isn't. So to me. If you are thinking about, what am I going to give my life to? Give your life to something that is a worthy goal. Uh, This is why I didn't occupy Wall Street. 
Okay. So I was of an age uh, where I, I was in college at the time when we all got really into the idea of occupying Wall Street. And I am certainly uh. a, you know, activist by nature and I get very angry about things and I wish the world was a better place. Right. Um, and so that hit me at a time. I didn't have any kids. And so I could have dropped my studies um, and gone and occupied Wall Street. But what I said um, to some of my friends who did go and occupy Wall Street is like, look, I'm only going to occupy Wall Street if you do one of two things. And the most important is you need goals or you need guns. If we're going to do an armed revolution thing, y'all are going to lose. But like, okay, fine. Um, but what you really need are goals. And why Occupy Wall Street? And I think I've, I've t- preached, I've used them in a sermon before. Um, but why Occupy Wall Street failed, one of the reasons is they did not have goals. They could not say, this is the things we, these are the concrete things that we want to accomplish. It was just some vague sense of, ah, we're unhappy with how the world is. Uh, okay, so am I, so am I. Deeply unhappy with how the world is. Same thing with January 6th. I mean, there was no end goal really. You know, well, um, but so this, to me, part of the importance of Revelation 21 and 22 in deciding if we want to be a Christian or not, if deciding about the reality of God or not, is this is the pitch. Yeah. That no one has any needs, that there is no darkness at all, that there, you live in a world where no one has harm done to them and no harm is done to anybody. And we live mm-hmm. at peace and we live at oneness with God. There is no temple there because why would you need something to mediate your relationship with God? You can have a direct relationship with God. This, That's the goal. This piece of scripture gives us hope. To hold on to the end is it brought me back to the intense study that we had a revelation that you did. Sure, looks like the end times. It's yeah. on our Facebook yeah. page if you want to check yeah. it out. And you you said that we have to hold on. Yeah, well, that's what Revel- that's yeah. what Revelation says. It's not me. It's Saint John. It's John that says it. Yeah. But yes, hold yeah. on. The whole point of Revelation mm-hmm. is hold on so you can get yeah. here. Hold on to what we've got. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> hold what you got. If you make it Put or on. not. So so. Not just that, but the fact that even the light is emanating straight from right. God yeah, yeah. in yeah, this. Yeah. And I think one of the beauty of uh, Scripture and the interesting way in which the prophecy is, there, there could be smaller uh, fulfillments, but there's that ultimate fulfillment going on. And, you know, uh, he's looking, you know, he being uh, uh, John, John. Uh, uh-huh. at Nero, yet so many during the uh, World War II looked at uh, Hitler right. and said, this has to be it, this has to be it. And so it still plays out that, in times where we're having struggle and things that are going on in our life to have this reminder that there is a happy ending. There is uh-huh. a, a victorious well, and thing. What, what part of what I did with sure looks like, the, why I called it sure looks like the end times um, is because everyone looks at the revelation, looks at the book of revelation, looks at their own times and goes sure looks like the end times. And one of the messages of revelation, if you look at it in the big picture is the end times are always kind of happening. Yeah. Right. Um, we are always closer than we're always closer, been. right? We're yeah. always closer than we've ever been. And we are often caught up in tribulations. Um, now, I, I, I had this I had a, you know reasonably pitched argument recently, and it's one I've made to y'all before. We only look around the world and think the world's a worse place because we get our information from the wrong place. Right. Yeah. right? We're only uh, looking at it through one set of glasses. Well, because fewer people die of starvation now than any other point in human history. Yeah. Fewer people die, even with Corona factored in, fewer people die of preventable disease now than in other, any other point in human history. We've essentially right. defeated polio and smallpox, Whoa. which used to claim thousands and thousands and thousands of lives a year. So here's a funny thing to back up what you're saying. Um, so they were the, after they were talking about the uh, buffalo, <laughs> the buffalo shooting. Sure, 
the other day. Just deeply and, sad, yeah, tragic yes. thing. Yes. It reminds but, the brokenness is still in the world. Right. But the guys on Fox News sure. had to bring up the fact that this is the 198th shooting in American history. And I'm like, yeah, but how long are we spanning over that? Well, and again, I don't. I don't want us to downplay the fact that, again, when we look out, we can look out the window. Sometimes it can really feel like the end times. I know for a lot of folks, um, Russia invading Ukraine was another one of those things of just like felt like the world moved backwards for a second. Right. Um, and so that is where that is why Revelation is relevant to the audience that originally yeah. received it. And it is relevant for us. And it doesn't mean that I think the world will end tomorrow. Uh-huh. Um, anyone who gets into the business of telling you when the end times is, is always wrong. Um, that's just the way that works, right? right? That's the nature of you will not, you know, will not know the no day nor the hour, the right? That's right. Like, well, it's, it's like to reiterate what you were saying, like last week about the media and everything, like hmm? where the, the same things are kind of happening over and over. It's just the internet brings it to our backyard. Right. Yeah. And, and we're you can receive more... bad news from every corner of the earth. Right. Bad stuff was happening everywhere always. You can just now read about it. Exactly. Which is why it's good to have verses like this. Yes. As one of the comments in there uh, gives a shout out to Star Wars. It's no good. Stay on target. I can't maneuver. <laughs> Stay, Stay on, on target. target. And that is that is Revelation. right? That What Revelation says is, let's be real for a second. You're in the midst of tribulation. That tribulation may feel like it's getting worse before it gets better. That doesn't mean that God isn't in control. That doesn't mean that God's going to lose. This victory is assured. But evil is powerful. It's just God is more powerful. Because the evil, let's exclude the the one being of Satan for a second. Let's talk about what evil really is, Mm -hmm. which is the, you know, combined amalgamation of our own brokenness. If no human ever went along with Satan, Satan wouldn't get very far. Yeah. Right? right. If we didn't give into temptation, and when we loved out, the devil made you do it. The devil didn't make you do jack. You, said, yeah. nope. you did that. Led, you did that. Led astray by the lusts of your own heart. Yep. Right. The scripture talks about that uh-huh. often. Uh, incidentally, while we were talking about the the, the quotes, uh, the one that you threw out uh, was from uh, Groucho Marx. From Groucho Marx. I knew Groucho it was an old school Marx. comedian. As he was resigning from the Friars Club. Oh, nice. Okay, that is good to know. I knew, Okay, so I was pretty good. I knew old school comedian, right? Groucho, I'm going to, hopefully I'll remember that. Uh, I love that quote. I would not be a member of a club so, who I would have me as so a member. So another, another example, Trey, is like we're, we're looking at gas prices and, sure. and everything. And uh-huh. everybody's all grumbling. Well, but look, 40 years ago in 1982, we had a gas shortage you couldn't even get gas. You had to like have an odd or even number. Yep, on your license plate. On your license plate. Yeah. You even get gas. I know. And so this is part of what Revelation does is to remind you that tribulation is a part of the process. Mm-hmm. And and no matter where you are in that process, that there will be tribulation, that there will be suffering. But what is on the other side of that suffering, both for you in your own personal life and in the in this broader scope of the world is that God's victory is assured and this is where we're going and this is what we're working towards, right? As we work in our own ministries to build the kingdom of God, we're making the world a little more like the new Jerusalem each day Mm -hmm. so that when it finally comes time so that we can help people hold on for when the true new Jerusalem comes down, right? Part of why we are meant to gather as church and I don't just mean our church, I mean church is. And why church really matters is it's supposed to be small glimpses of this, 
Uh-huh. This I'm pointing yes. down at my tablet. I have a Bible. I can hold a Bible. It's for Jer- this. Waiting for Jerusalem 2.0. That's right. right. Like, but we can. You know, one of my one of my favorite yeah, phrases for churches are supposed to be outposts the kingdom of God, and that means that when people come in our doors, it is supposed to feel more like this, more like Revelation 21 and 22, than it feels like the world. And when we get that right, praise God. And when we get that wrong, um, those are the things that keep me up at night. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because it is, it is meant to be a powerful, we, when we come together in fellowship and worship and providing for each other's needs, is supposed to be a powerful reminder that not only is God powerful, but this goal that God is showing for us has already been achieved. We can experience small versions of it in the here and now. So that should be uh, inspiration for us ministers to push harder to make our worship experiences like Revelation to give hope to people in this broken world. Yes. Mm. Well, worship and overall community experience, mm-hmm. right? Because this is, this is certainly about worship, right? A oneness with God. There is no darkness. This is also a place where there's no strife, where no one has any need, where no one is practicing abomination in such a way that destroys other people, right? Mm-hmm. So this is this is about worship, but this is about the the way you know, the the bulletin cover from Williamsburg UMC that I always talk about. That this is also it was all the other stuff the church did, and it was entitled "This is also our worship," right? This is thinking not just this is certainly thinking about a worship experience, but this is zooming it out and understanding that everything we do is meant to be about worshiping God mm-hmm. and caring for God's people and making mm-hmm. all of the experience of church be a lot more like heaven and a lot less like the brokenness and tribulation. Preach. Right, because wow. like, like as like you said, you know, it's it can be a one on one experience, but it's it's supposed to be, be intended to be a communal. Right, it's my, it, well, yeah. There's a, there's a difference. There's the uh, uh, the individual worship and praise that should be going on as well that influences how good the corporate is, but you, you can't get both in the different places. Worship is not going to be the same by yourself as it is with a group of people, and uh-huh. vice versa. Well, and, you know, in, in, a, in a place where we really believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit works through other people, this is some, you know, Bonhoeffer theology, sorry. It's been a couple of weeks. We haven't talked about my boy Dietrich in a minute. Um, but this is, you know, as Bonhoeffer talks about, when you close yourself off from community, you're closing off a key avenue by which God works in the world, uh-huh. right? Can God just move in your heart spontaneously? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not putting God in a box. But I'm here to tell you that the, biggest way that God works in the world and the biggest way that God is at work in your life is through the other people around you. And when you cut yourself off and say, I, I can be a, I can be a Christian on my own. I'll make him Richard. I can be a Christian on my own. I mean, yeah, but, but why are you cutting yourself off uh-huh. from so much of the experience of God in the world? I'm sorry. The Hemingway quote that says hell is other people is actually wrong. The actual, and I, I've said this recently, um, actually heaven is other people. We're supposed to be uh, out there testimonying anyway and bringing people to God. That's what God wants us to do. So, I mean, like. We're supposed to be out there anyway, bringing people to the community, bringing people to the table. Yes, and that's that's part of the evangelism aspect. But when you get in that community, you are in that community not because the only way to be saved. It's not just about being saved. There's so much more to the Christian faith than being saved. I get tired of never-ending streets of sermons that are only about getting saved. Because that makes it seem like once you've gotten saved, it's done. No, well, what else is there? Fire to do? It's just I the got, beginning. I got my fire insurance. Well, what else is no. There to do? Yeah, like, uh, 
like Trey's, wrong. Like Trey's favorite, the favorite saying is, "This is not a get out of hell free." It's not a get out of hell free card. No, you gotta work. You gotta you gotta serve. You gotta worship. Well, and you get to experience God in the midst of all of that. Right. Right? In your worship, in your work, in your work alongside others. You can have people both, you can both love others and thus share the spirit with them and be loved by others and experience a glimpse of heaven in your own life right here, right now. Right. And bring your own personal experience to, of, of mm-hmm. finding God and believing in God and take that to other people because, like, not everyone is going to get what what like say if Trey went to the uh, this person and 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 did his testifying and everything and then maybe that person doesn't get what Trey's saying but maybe he might get what Sister Brandy's saying. So we all bring this uniqueness to the table of how we walk our Christian life. Absolutely, Scott. Looks like you got some. Uh, yeah, there was a interesting uh, perspective. When I was talking about the communal worship. Uh, some people are distracting to others in worship. Sure, mm-hmm. and I get. So there's an aspect of different modes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there is an aspect of um, why. Right. Um, what like that's one that I was I, I would say so we get this complaint about noisy children. Right. Um, and over the past four years, I have moved the children more and more and more and more into the service over the past the four past the four years. Right. When I got to Grace Church, children were neither seen nor heard. Um, and now they have uh, actual carved out space in the worship. Yeah. Um, and I and I often uh, have boldly declared, and this is true. Um, if someone comes to me and says, "Ah, those noisy children," I will fight them with knives. Um, I'm just oh. not right. I will, I will fight with knives. Next time, uh, we'll just put them on the stage, and you'll have to deal with it. Because you know, this is their worship too. Yes. Um, and so I think that is important for us to be offering different worship experiences, um, but also that um, understand what is producing the noise in that person. Right. right. Um, you know, I don't like the people who raise their hands. Well, maybe you should be inspired by the people who raise their hands because you are getting to witness someone who's visibly connecting with God. Right. right? Oh, yeah. they, they make the loud noises. Yeah, they're being moved by the spirit. And maybe, you know, I, I am certainly much more of a contemplative Christian. And so I carve out my own space in other ways. But um, I, it, some of it is unpack. Why is that distracting? And is that, you know, something that is innate to you? Or is that a part of your journey with God that maybe you too have rough edges to smooth out in understanding, you know, I, I, you know, I guess the longer I walk with the Lord, um, the less how other people behave bothers me. Um, right. and, you know, we just, we, we just bought a hotel room for someone and we're getting taken for a ride. I know we're getting taken for a ride. Um, it's fine. It's a hundred bucks. Um, and so I, you know, I, it's not quite, it's showing God's love. And so it's not pouring money down a hole. Um, but when I started ministry nine years ago, getting taken for a ride bothered me a lot more than it does now. Um, because I understand that, um, by loving them, even though I know they're trying to manipulate me, is a way, and I, you know, we're not going to give them the keys of the kingdom. We're not going to hand them thousands of dollars. I'll be able to, like, but I'll get them a hotel room, um, because I can show that, yeah, God loves you, and yeah, yeah. you're trying to play yeah. me, and I know you're trying to play me. I've been around this business a long time, um, but the longer I stay in ministry and the longer I walk with God, the less that bothers me. Um, the less how people dress, the less how people act bothers me, because I just realize, you know what, uh, there are probably people for whom that look at me and they see the same thing but you understand you have matured over the nine years that you understand what god loves feels like looks like Mm -hmm. and should act like 
that people think, oh, we, it depends on what you're wearing. I just told a young lady a while ago, I had a meeting with her at Whataburger, uh-huh. saying, conversation that it doesn't matter what you have on what you look like what background you come from you are welcome into the kingdom of god we'll do what we can to help you in the kingdom of god and if you're scamming or doing whatever that's between you and your god right but mm-hmm. as far as us we just gotta love you we're gonna love you so kind of like jesus saying don't call impure what i've called yeah right Thank you. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah right and, and like i i remember uh at one point in my ministry uh, uh, some uh, a couple left the church um, stopped coming um, in, in a huff. And I, I ran into them um, at a restaurant some months later. I realized I hadn't seen them in a while. Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. How are you? It's like, well, we're not we're not coming back. It's like, oh, you know, uh, again, um, 50% of a lead pastor's job is apologizing for things you may or may not have done. Um, and so I was, you know, ready to roll out the apology train because the Treycom apology tour is always in season. It may not always be Summer of Rock, but it's always the time to apologize. I was, I was you know, we tried, again, I, I believe that church should be a glimpse of heaven and so shoot we ought to strive real hard um and what they told me is they were really mad about how the children's ministry workers dressed now i'd seen what the children's ministry workers were wearing and I don't really pay very close attention but it certainly was not anything that distracted me or caused me to notice and that um they were not going to be a part of the church where the children's ministry jer- workers wore what appeared to me to be normal human clothes and so i just had to sit back and go go with god um if how Again, they were not dressed inappropriately. We have guidelines. They were upholding them. It was probably shorts and a t-shirt. Who knows? It's Grace Church. It could have been pajama pants and slippers, as the sound tech sometimes wears, right? Like, you have no idea what someone's going to wear on a Sunday morning. Um, but if that's what's going to distract you from worship, I'm not sure that's on the person who's wear- who's dressing like that. Hmm. Right? I just don't think it is. Um, you know, and that, it brings me back to the very first sermon I ever sat through with you, and that was Good Church, Bad Church. And what are the stumbling blocks in the church and how do you identify them? How do you fix it? And how do you, how do we, two things, right? How do we as a church not be a stumbling block for others? Again, part of what this is, is like, as, as I've said a bunch on tonight's episode, the church is supposed to be a glimpse of heaven. Um, but also we as Christians should be able to see what really matters in people yeah. mm-hmm. um, and what doesn't matter. And, a th- and, and, and what matters is a heart that earnestly seeks after God um, and not necessarily a person that has all the details um, of American middle-class life together, right? Cause it, because it nowhere does it say uh, in this description of heaven that everyone was wearing a polo <laughs> shirt and khaki pants, yeah. right? Um, in, in nowhere in this did no, none of them have nose rings. Um, Jesus on. No, no, nowhere in this does none of them have weird face tattoos they might regret, but they might not. Right. Um, right. Like, in nowhere, like, nowhere does it say, and they, you know, they all, you know, um, looked respectable. It's just not, right? It's about a oneness with God, and it's about wanting to be a part of a oneness with God. And it's about God. Thankfully, God really, as we've talked about a lot, God really sees us who we are. We need to challenge ourselves to see others as they, as, as see others with God's eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Even the island boys. Even the island boys. Um, oh, so there's another comment. Uh, for me, it's people that come to me to talk during worship to say that they have a word at the wrong time. Yep, I agree. Also, not a word from God um, as it's taken from false gossip. Different church. No, I agree, uh, Joe. Uh, there are... Um, we need to challenge ourselves to be good Christians, uh-huh. and we need to hope to God 
And this is one of the challenges of church um, that other people are going to as well. I'll never forget the church leader that left because he did not like my pants. Oh, my God. They, they were just pants, right? I was, I was wearing clothing. I, I'm a very modest. Y'all might have noticed I'm a very modest person. <laughs> I'm a very covered up person. I was covering myself appropriately. Should have worn um, Stacey Adams. I, I, I know. I, I should have, you know, God, <laughs> gosh, darn, left the church. because and, and, like, that, I stumble over that from time to time because I'm just like, Really, God? <laughs> so maybe you should preach in a kilt. I should preach in a kilt. Right, my last leave. sermon, I should not wear pants. Oh, sweet! Um, I should preach in a kilt. Um, no, but yeah, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate your point, Joe, and it is a valid one, right? Um, that you know that that quote from Not Gandhi that we did, used a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I, I love your Christ. I do not like your Christians. <laughs> I love Jesus and don't like Christians all the time either. Right. Um, I don't, like, you know. It's not like we're going to get to heaven and, go, and God's going to go, okay, everyone with flannel, you go over there. All right. Anyways, this is probably a good time as any uh, to bring this uh, Kermit-filled show uh, to a landing. Uh, thank you all so much uh, for joining us. If you have feedback uh, for us, uh, post it, you can post it here on our Facebook page. Thank you so much to the live audience. It adds um, so much um, to have Yay. other people also thinking about this scripture with us together. Um, if you would like more, add more feedback, uh, Jeannie posted on our YouTube channel um, last week about why we didn't mention uh, blue painted Celts. Uh, don't worry, Jeannie. If you go back to the archive version of my sermon, they did make it in there. Um, I did mention blue painted Celts. So thank you uh, for adding that <laughs> in. Uh, but so if you want your feedback read after the fact in the show, I gladly post it over our YouTube channel. You can post on our website, uh, palestinegrace.com slash videos. Um, you can also get it, email me, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. If you need an audio only version of the show, which admittedly then you would not get to see Kermit, um, just search Scripture Talk by Great, and, be, and you will be wondering why do we keep talking about Kermit? Because there's like a, I don't know, a 18 inch on a diagonal portrait of Kermit um, that I love very much. Um, you can just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church and your podcatcher of choice. Also, uh, we will be recording live, Lord willing, um, at 6 p.m. Uh, next Monday um, for a few more episodes anyways. Um, and so go in peace to love and serve the Lord. If you're not, stay well. God is with us. in you that's <laughs> uncanny I got the sad <laughs>